All right, everybody. Welcome into Show Notes 99. How are you feeling today? Sleepy. Sleepy. Well, because as we covered at the end in post-show musings. No, of, this will come out first. Yeah, this is going to come out first. Yeah. So, so we talked about this in post-show musings, which will come out after, which is sort of meta that 99 just got back from the dentist, a two-hour trip to the dentist. Yeah, I mean, door to door. Like, door to door. Well, right. actually, no, that would imply... The driving was included. If we're including driving, it was two hours and 45. That's a morning. Yeah. That's a morning. It really is. I understand why you're a little sleepy. Yeah. Just took it out of me. Yeah. Did you sleep last night at least? I slept. I don't know how well. Yeah. You should do a sleep study. It'd be fun to see how many times you wake up in the middle of the night. I think those are mainly for like sleep apnea. <laughs> I don't think it's like, I mean, I can tell on my Fitbit. Well, a mutual friend of ours who we used to work with. Did a couple of sleep studies. Okay. And the, the doctor was like, uh, it was something outrageous. He's like, so you woke up 276 times last night. So this is a problem. And uh, she figured out like a whole bunch of other things that come along with, hmm. you know, the number of times that you get up and just can't hit REM. I'm sinking my Fitbit right now so we can find out how long I slept. That's a thing, huh? What do you, Who needs sleep studies if you have a Fitbit? Kind of. Wow. That's half the reason I have it. So this is, uh, we actually paused, we decided to record the episode before we recorded show notes because a one Donald J. Trump was actually on his way to the courthouse when we were recording. So we are, this is Tuesday, and he was, uh, he just presented himself at the courthouse in Miami, entered a plea of not guilty. We paused just in the event Wait, that- Wait, he did that already? He pleaded? Uh, yes. Fled? Yeah, he just put that in. Oh, his I didn't lawyer see did. that. He just sat there cross-armed and put that in. Do you think he was uh, stomping his little feet? What's that? Do you think he was stomping his little feet? Yes, he was having a tiny little tantrum. These right. tiny hands. <laughs> Not tiny. Everything's big. Trust me. Asshole. Anyway, uh, so just in the event that like the world blew up and something went bananas, we just decided to wait a little bit. But now here we are. And uh, there's... There's enough going on without getting into that, even though we have a little bit of a headline related to the Trump indictment. But before we get there, we are almost at 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're pushing very hard to get to at least 10,000 by the end of the year. I think we're on a pretty good track to be able to get there. We're picking up some steam and momentum. So I want to thank everybody for that. If you are not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please, please give it a shot so we can kind of boost those ratings and somehow sneak our way into the algorithm and get that thing built up. And because of the brilliant 99, and I mean this, it's amazing how it just sort of appears now, right below the video that you're watching on YouTube on our channel, you will see our entire product line of merchandise and coffee, which is so cool. Makes us look big time. Yeah. No one's bought anything through it yet. Oh, dear. Which is fine because I'm scared. I don't know. Is <laughs> there. I'm, I'm waiting to see if it works. It'll work. Okay. It'll work. You're the great and powerful 99. Goes right into our store. The stuff she figures out is, is amazing. It's also weird and funny to watch her do stuff on a computer. So there's me doing stuff on a computer, like your giant thumbed grandma who's just like, you know, uses one finger to scroll and stuff like that. And then there's watching 99, like she's in Minority Report, just sweeping screens aside and scrolling and moving things up and down. And then boop, just everything happens. What takes me nine hours takes her literally like five minutes and it's scary we my generation is just it's built in it's native yeah digital like, natives i don't know how to do what you're asking me to do it just it's easy to figure out so say you not easy for me to figure out but i am uh, i am eternally grateful so thank you yeah okay so let's get into some headlines because we have a very robust show notes today I'm going to try not to editorialize so much and just let the listeners' words work for us because they're pretty comprehensive. Some are biting, a little bit of biting <laughs> stuff in there. That's okay. Oh, I'll get there. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, I will I will do my level best to dial it back on the editorializing and just let the words speak for themselves. I do want to start off, though, as you'll probably see in the newsletter as well this weekend, a couple of the headlines, inflation is cooling off. And so the question is, will the Fed cool off as well. So at their next meeting, odds on favorite has it as uh, that Jerome Powell is not going to increase rates again. 
because uh, inflation came in slightly lower than expected. I think they had projected 4.1%, came in at 4%. It's still above their desired 2%, of course. And as we covered in our Fed and inflation episode, they are just hell-bent on getting down to that 2%. And the one cudgel that they have, that one mechanism they have, is working with interest rates. But um, I do want to remind everybody that there's other things that are that are happening as a result of the high interest rate environment that we're in right now that are just creeping around the corner. We're beginning to see some of the cracks. So the availability of home loans declined for the third straight month. Experts are warning of a commercial mortgage reckoning, if not a complete collapse when the short-term variable mortgage rates flip to, you know, from uh, whatever they were fixed at for the first five years, which is typically how they work to uh, some formula of prime plus, or usually in commercial real estate, LIBOR plus which is just a, another indices that comes out of the UK. Student loan repayments are scheduled to come back online beginning in September. And sovereign debt, which doesn't affect us personally as, as consumers and individuals, but does sovereign it debt. Does affect sovereign citizens? It does not even affect sovereign citizens or even the sovereign Indian nations and native nations throughout uh, the United States. Of course, everything winds up impacting them. But uh, sovereign debt is still headed to a crisis tipping point. Uh, one article that I pulled from the University of California Press that noted that Lebanon, Russia, Sri Lanka, Suriname, and Zambia are officially in default. Argentina, Ghana, Pakistan, and El Salvador are likely on the brink of debt crises. So remember, sovereign debt is held in U.S. denominations and has to pay the interest on the principal that they have in uh, U.S. interest rates because we have so much of it. And uh, that portends a very bad crisis uh, that could obviously have a, a much wider impact as this begins to roll. So the article that we have is from the New York Times talking about the CPI report. Uh, it was their live reporting and then they fill, they backfill it with some more information. But uh, just something to keep, just as something to keep an eye on to see what happens at the next Fed meeting. But Lord knows we could all use an interest rate break. When do they ever come back down, if at all? Anyone's guess. And then of course, getting into the Trump indictment, but his documents. Trump is once call again it an indictment. An indictment. I like that. From now on, anytime we talk about the Trump indictment, it is now officially an indictment. Uh, Trump is once again in unprecedented territory as the only U.S. president to ever face charges under the Espionage Act. <laughs> so I linked here an article from the World Socialist website, which provides some timely history from a socialist perspective. And it revives the story of Eugene Debs, who we will cover in probably part four of our socialism series. Eugene Debs was a candidate for president of the United States as a socialist. And uh, it was the Wilson administration that actually indicted him under espionage charges. And he went to jail for that and still ran for president and garnered more than a million votes while in jail. So there is some precedent if Trump does wind up actually doing time, which um, in so many ways, kind of seems unimaginable that this guy would actually ever get caught. To me, this feels like Capone getting caught on taxes as opposed to all of the other, like, you know, horrific crimes that he committed. He got caught because he had syphilis and it was eating his brain. Um, come again? That's how he died. Oh, he died, but he died in prison of syphilis that was eating his brain. But it was, but he got it caught. was probably already Did eating his brain. Did you see the Untouchables? The Untouchables? I did not see that. Did you see the Untouchables? No, also no. Also no? no. Neither one of those? No. Seriously? I haven't watched movies in like 10 years. I stopped going to theaters because I don't want to get shot, not to get dark. The movie came out like 25 years ago. Well, then I'm only 12, so. I know, but you're uh, you, you're such a, like, a wealth of 80s and 90s stuff. It's, nope, it always boggles my mind. Uh, I mean, you know, some things fall through the cracks. Hmm. Yeah, no. Um, da-da-dun, da-da-dun, da-da-dun. Great soundtrack. The Untouchable yeah. soundtrack is amazing. Great sure. movie, too. Andy Garcia's turn in that movie is, is incredible. And so is uh, Wife Beating Sean Connery, sadly. So he's amazing, amazing. Although beating? his Irish accent is... Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, not a good, not a good person. Huh. Right to the end was talking about how sometimes women just need a good slap. I mean... Nope. <laughs> so, if possible, do check out this article. Because it, it talks about something that we've spoken about before, and that is the idea of, first of all, the Espionage Act is no fucking joke. It, it is it is the biggest, most severe weapon that the federal government has in the justice system. 
it is not to be trifled with. So what made Obama's tenure so extraordinary was that he used the Espionage Act more than every other president combined. So you've got Wilson going after Debs. You have Nixon going after Daniel Ellsberg. Daniel Ellsberg, who just gave his final interview. Manny shared that with us uh, over the weekend. Daniel Ellsberg giving his final interview, bizarrely, to Politico. I actually thought it would have been with Seymour Hirsch, who's a very dear friend of his. But his final interview, uh, I think he is uh, has terminal cancer, I believe is what we saw in the, the lead of the article. I didn't read it. Sorry. So, no, no worries. I believe it was sent on a weekend, so I was trying to not work. <laughs> um, so Ellsberg beat the rap under Nixon, thank God, uh, for his uh, whistleblowing with the Pentagon Papers. And then there's a long stretch, and Obama goes after Snowden, John Kiriakou, uh, who was a CIA whistleblower. Oh, gosh. James Risen, who was a reporter, and I can't remember who Risen was with, and he might have, Risen might have been with the Times at the time. Anyway, so, and I think there was two more using the Espionage Act, and those in uh, journalism circles and in the national security state, oh, and Chelsea Manning, of course. Uh, And there's one other I can't remember. Anyway, people were horrified and shocked that they would use this particular tool because of the severity of it. And it, it, it essentially just calls you out for, for for treason, for going against the state. So by going after Trump with this particular, you know, vehicle, it says something about who we are as a nation. And that's what this article does really well. I'll leave it there because we've actually, we've done this before and we, we've talked about this before. But this one really gives, this article gives some great historical context about the power and the severity of it. And what happens when you challenge the authority and norms of the state, as opposed to, all of the other fucking horrific things that our that our leaders do, whether it's drone strikes and uh, you know murdering civilians abroad, American citizens abroad, uh, whether it is actually inspiring an insurrection against the Capitol, all of these other things that you know break human norms and protocols and all the things that we believe to be about democracy. But of course, her emails. But of course, his classified documents. Now, is he a moron? for hiding them in like the bathroom at at Mar-a-Lago and then actually being caught on tape telling people, yeah, these are classified and I'm hiding them. And uh, I could have declassified them when I was president, but I'm not president anymore. I mean, he gives on these tapes, he literally gives away the whole game and indicts himself, indicts himself, basically. It's 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 mind blowing the level of, I guess, hubris and or stupidity that he exhibits on an almost daily basis. But as the lead candidate for the GOP, as a former president, a twice impeached president, no less, this puts us in, once again, unprecedented territory. Unprecedented territory. Unprecedented. Uh, And the last article that I wanted to share is from the ICIJ. Remember that we shared their investigation on um, offshore accounts? An amazing investigation, by the way. Well, this is another one. They've done it again. And I've said before, there is great reporting happening all around us. Maybe some of the best reporting in history, as much as people like to blame the news media for getting it wrong or not doing their jobs or or failing in, you know, in a number of ways, there is some amazing reporting. The problem is we don't have an appetite for it. It's really difficult to tell these stories. Well, the ICIJ is here for that specific reason, is to produce amazing work that will hopefully lead to systemic change and institutional change and even national change. So this time they have a a, a huge multi-nation investigation into slimy corporate ESG tactics of deforestation companies who sell themselves as sustainability champions. It is and it is a tour de force. I'm just beginning to work my way through it. I'm sure at some point we'll tease out an episode Uh, based upon this type of reporting, but it's really, uh, it's a treasure trove of information. So we have links to that. Now, without further ado, since we do have such a packed show today, why don't we get into emails and we're going to begin with Kwai F99. You want to bring in Kwai's words here? Yeah. Kwai said, I've been meaning to write to you for some time now about a number of topics because I think you and I share similar political evolution stories. I'll be turning 58 this coming week, so I think I'm at least a few years older than you. Just a couple. I started politically as a Christian conservative in high school and part of college. 
My experience as a black man living in the South and learning about our history also predisposed me towards being more sensitive to power imbalances like racism and sexism. Along the way, I began to understand more about the role of capitalism in those systemic power imbalances and the ways it harms people and our environment. In my 20s, I became more of a liberal. As I moved into my mid-30s and 40s, I became more and more progressive. It was towards the end of 2022 that I realized that I have evolved into a radical leftist. I use the word radical being from the Latin for root or forming the root. I love that. So I, so that I can be a well-informed leftist, I began reading as much as I could on socialism, Marxism, etc. One book that I'm in the middle of currently is one I wanted to share with you in case you aren't familiar with it. Black Marxism by Cedric Robinson. It's quite long and challenging, but fascinating as I work toward understanding Marxism and the critiques of Marx from a black radical perspective. The second reason I wanted to write to you is that I just watched your YouTube video on Cornell West's presidential candidacy announcement and learned that you and I also share deep admiration and respect for Dr. West. I'm on the same page as you in terms of political strategy, quote, right person, wrong platform. Like you and many others, I would love to be able to confidently say that a party outside the duopoly can win, but it's just not true at this point, and we absolutely don't have the luxury of time. We're stuck with the power structure we have until we overtake it from within. Jay from Best of the Left is fond of asking, what's your theory of change? A simple and direct question which slaps us out of idealistic dreaming and back into the reality of the situation we're in. What an amazing, amazing comment. I have not heard of that book. That book is... On order. Thank you for that. I think that that might work really well into that epilogue that I have planned about, you know, where do we go from here with Marxist and socialist theories? So this this might tie in really well. One of the points that we made in Socialism Part 2 is that there are all of these um, kind of adjacent ideas, theories, and movements to the fundamentals, the, the, the classic idea of socialism and socialist theory. So we talked about utilitarianism, talked about utopian socialism, anarchism, but also feminism. Feminism actually not being as much of a corollary, but baked into each one of the theories and movements. And in some cases, people using that as the measuring stick of when we have actually achieved full equality in society is that if we have uh, equality for women in society, that that would probably be the indication that it has broken the back of the patriarchy. So that's really interesting to me. Black Marxism is another tributary that I that I would love to follow. So it, as part of that epilogue, what I had planned was to talk about the, I guess the, I don't want to say the, maybe the Black Panther movement, but a number of the the black movements in the, in the 60s probably touching on some of them at the turn of the 20th century as well. Uh, but this might give me so much more information that I wasn't aware of. So I really appreciate this. So many of our uh, black intellectual leaders were also Marxists and socialists, but a lot of them also came out of the uh, the Christian uh, Baptist and fundamentalist tradition as well. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see how they square the circle, so to speak, when it comes to the religious aspects of some of the movements uh, that we see, at least in the United States. Uh, and then as we kind of delve into Pan-Africanism. So wonderful stuff. And thank you for that, Kwai. Now we have some general feedback. The first uh, that we wanted to read is from David Torres. You might remember him as a former congressional candidate from Colorado. We haven't heard from David in a while, but he checked in and he said, I wanted to reach out primarily to rage on how important the series Understanding Socialism based on part one is already one of the most important intellectual discussions and learning tools for everyone, especially those who truly don't understand the differences regarding historic and current understanding of socialism. I was appreciative and humbled by the teachings you provided. Can't wait to hear the rest. I never really had an opportunity to thank you for your support during the 2022 election by way of simply mentioning my campaign on your show. I may not have ever said anything, but I heard you and was beyond grateful for the mentions. I'm going to once again attempt to unfuck our district in 2024. Get after it, Torres. I love it. Despite the extreme lack of belief being shown here in my home state. Nevertheless, thanks to people like Max Manny and the incredible 99, I could give two dams what people think. Progressives will win even in Colorado's fifth. Hoorah! P.S. Unpopular opinion. Catch up fuckers rule. And go Nuggets. Well... We're recording this after the Nuggets clinched, so congratulations. That's the first. That's big time. Well done. And uh, welcome back into the fold. David Torres, we'll be thinking about you. And obviously, as the time comes, we'll be promoting your candidacy. Did you say that he pled not guilty? Didn't he enter a plea of not guilty? 
He pled not guilty. I don't think that's like his plea deal, though. That's what I was confused oh, about. Oh, oh, yeah. Pled not guilty. Sorry. Don't you have to plead guilty Excuse for me. a plea deal? Isn't that part of the terms of plea deals? Yes. Yeah. So, so he's he doing pled what, not guilty. Yeah, but he's doing what they were. Remember, I read to you they were supposing that he was going to plead, do a plea deal. So this negates that, I think. Yeah, he's not. He pled not guilty, right? Is that yes. what it says? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not doing a plea deal. No. Right. That's. I think that's news. That's why I'm talking about it. You look confused, though. No, I'm not. Uh, I don't remember us talking about him entering a plea deal. I read it out loud to you earlier when you asked me what was going on. But I suppose you. I, I was just hearing plea and not guilty because I think my mind just assumed that he wouldn't have. Yeah. Okay. I can't imagine him ever. That's what they were reporting. Deal. Man, you know what? I'm going to stop talking. No one listened to me. Okay. You asked me to tell you something, and then you didn't even listen. Well, my brain interpreted the way it wanted to hear it, sadly. Well, sounds like... My apologies. I'm not being heard. Anyway, speaking of not being heard... There's a difference between hearing and listening. Clearly, I wasn't listening carefully enough, and for that, I apologize. Thank you. Okay. So, James C. Oh, boy. Mm. All right. Buckle Just, up, on Here fuckers. we go. Allow me to second the comments of Pastor Tim, which, if you didn't see, was in the newsletter this week. Pastor Tim politely told us to be less flippant about people's religious beliefs because we had made an offhand comment about religion. And I agree with Pastor Tim. I actually do think that we can be too flippant as two people who are not religious. And being religious doesn't inherently make you a bad person, even though we inherently dislike religion. I think that sums up the conversation that I had. <laughs> Way more succinctly and eloquently than uh, the diatribe that was cut out. Yeah. So James said, allow me to second the comments of Pastor Tim. Your ignorance of some topics about what you choose to speak is staggering sometimes and not a good look if you expect to grow your podcast flock. Also, the childish banter and East Coast chauvinism is extremely off-putting for many of us in flyover country. I'm gobsmacked that educated people such as yourselves are shooting blanks or your own feet with some of the opinions and lack of factual knowledge trotted out in show notes. Your casual vulgarity is a huge turnoff to people where I live. It's fun because he curses? Seriously? Doubt me? I've tried to share your podcast many times, but folks listen once and then nope. Nope. Still doubt me? <laughs> Look at how sorry your numbers are after all the work you've put in. Oof. You should be killing it. And, as for, and for scatology, most of us left that behind when we were children. That said, you have a vital message to spread and you know the economics and politics inside out. I support that 100%. The content of the show per se is easily better than many lectures I heard in grad school, but you spoil it with the above. Similarly, the book list is a treasure. In case you're wondering, I've been a listener since the beginning, but this last episode is too much. And for God's sake, drop the show notes. They are terrible. Best of luck in your mission. It's so vital. Thank you for putting it out there for free nonetheless. And wishing you all the best in the future, but I'm out for now. So, um, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but nothing, nothing makes me more irritated than not recognizing the irony of telling us not to be ourselves because you don't like it. Like, I live in flyover country and people don't like cursing here, so you should stop. <laughs> and your East Coast vulgarity, like, and chauvinism, we're, we're from here. Should we not be from here? Really, if you don't like cursing that much, how did you get here to begin with? We've had this conversation before and it exhausts me because... The show's called Unfucking the Republic. I, I understand that, like, having a platform opens you up to discourse, but at least make it constructive. If you're going to try to shit on our brand pun intended, scat pun intended, like give us some actionable feedback other than don't be yourselves and be from somewhere else because people near me don't like it. How about that? <laughs> yeah. It pissed me off. I just, I don't, I, I, I welcome all constructive criticism, just not this goddamn bullshit. <laughs> the, um, in case people are jumping in late and seeing this, the responses from James and Pastor Tim what I was uh, so casually, I guess, mocking was ceremonial aspects of uh, organized religion, not religion itself. I am agnostic, completely agnostic. I wouldn't go so far as to call myself an atheist, but um, my agnosticism works its way through pretty much everything that I look at and, and the, the way that I view the world. And I find most things that are ritualistic to be a little silly. And that's what I was saying. 
So um, that offended uh, Pastor Tim to a great degree. And uh, obviously, who's this person? James mm-hmm. feels the same way. And I, I was only struggling for that because I can't see. Sorry, James. Uh, I hope you didn't leave us. Like, no, I truly I don't. I hope you did. Yeah, I know. I, truly I don't hope really you want don't. these people. <laughs> and, you know, as far as our numbers, you know, because that's the part where he's where he's he's, you know, really starting to dig into my ribs. Also, you don't know. Do you have access to our back end? Yeah. You might be surprised. You may not be surprised. We're not that big. I, I And I know that. But what we have is a very, very loyal and passionate core, as evidenced by all of the responses we're going to continue to read today. And how many pages do you think this document is? Over a hundred, and there's two pages. And there's two of them, right? And it's not, I'm thinking of making a third one. We're going to have to. Because the documents get so heavy from all the show notes stuff. And also, if you don't like show notes, don't listen. There is that. And also, we regularly chart in the top 200 of podcasts in our genre, which Mm -hmm. there are nearly 3 million podcasts out there. That's right. Not. I'm not trying to, you know, toot our own horns or whatever, but like... Just because you don't like something doesn't mean other people also don't. Maybe your fucking bozo neighbor doesn't like it, but that's not my problem. Yeah, I mean, we're we have day jobs and we do this out of out of love and we're trying to build something here. We are in the top 3% of all podcasts and we are already in the top 10% of all YouTube channels. And we've been doing that for 5 months. So, I think we're on to something. And um, I appreciate you being a part of this since the very beginning and appreciate that you even admit that you pay nothing for it and that the information is free, which is another thing that we do that is different from every other show. We ask for donations and we ask for memberships, but we don't gate any content, including show notes. But show notes is our opportunity to connect with our audience. And the audience has made this show. That's why so much of this work, as you can see from Kwai's feedback, actually winds its way into the show. But as 99 said, if you're not going to give us anything productive to put into the show other than stop cursing, can't help you there. I mean, we did read it, so that's our masochism. But it's half for entertainment for the listeners who want to be here. But also so I could yell. Also transparency. We are transparent about this stuff. I mean, I don't think... Has there ever been a like a horrible comment that we haven't read? Um, that isn't like some personal attack. Just you know? things that I say to you in private about you. Right. We don't read those out loud. No. I don't think anyone would want to hear them. No. No, I don't think so. I, I we did have we had that we had that really bad review once. And then we also had Didn't we read it though? I think no, I know. I'm just trying right. to think of the worst ones we've ever had. And then we have Barry. If you're out there, Barry. Oh, yeah. Barry he loves, loves Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman. And he's right. still around. Yeah, yeah. He's like monitoring us, which yeah. and obese Andy turned on us, too, because you're a Russian agent. Oh, that's right. I'm and I think yeah, for the they state. had something to say about me. I think they sent something about animals in Ukraine dying as if I would like that would make me change your mind about your opinions mm. on the war, which weren't negative. No. I mean, negative. But you know what I'm saying? I'd never gotten so much criticism for suggesting that we should strive first for peace. <laughs> it was probably the way you said it. I'm sure there were a lot more words in there and maybe yeah. the plot got lost. Yeah, maybe. At any rate. Um, Henry, go fuck James, yourself. <laughs> thanks for the email. Sorry we lost you. If you're listening just to see what this coda would be, yeah. then uh, there you have it. How about you meet us where we are, James? Yeah. We don't have to meet in you where you New are. York. Yeah. Sorry you live in flyover country. <laughs> It's probably beautiful there, and I bet you have a lot of fresh air. Yeah. That's something we don't have. Not right now. So. A little better today. It's getting better. A little better. All right. Now we get over to good friend friend of of the show, (laughs) who does not like a lot of the stuff that we say that challenges us all the time, and it's Nathan S. Yeah, but this is what I'm taught constructive. That's right. I might tell Nathan to go fuck himself with a heart sometimes, (laughs) but... It's at least always constructive. And wait till you hear this turnaround. (laughs) Max, book love. Just finished The Gangsters of Capitalism. This is not the first time somebody's recommended that to me, and I I need to pick that up. Smedley Butler, The Marines in the Making and Breaking of America by Jonathan Katz. This would be an incredible story for you to unfuck in the future. From listening to you, I think this is a book that you would love. Thank you for that recommendation. I appreciate it. Now, here's the cool part. 99. I know we've had our differences, but I wanted to let you know that I've now passed my 
first full month of eating a completely plant-based diet. I wanted you to know that your episode on veganism helped push me into the direction that I was already trying to achieve. It's made me feel so much better, both physically and emotionally, and your approach to discussing uh, vegetarianism has helped me in my journey. I know. I'm right? so proud of you, Nathan. And thank you for including me on your journey. It's not easy for some people. It's a big it's a big shift. You know, that's why I always suggest going gradual, uh, cut out one type of thing and then just see, you know, see how your diet, how your body adjusts. But yeah, I mean, you if especially if you're a pretty big meat eater, there's a good chance or dairy. Both those are the two like red meat and like dairy are like definitely really harsh on your body. Love me some cheese. Just it's just complete. Not even it. from a, you know, not trying to from just from a pure like the way your body reacts to things perspective, not even from an animal perspective. So, yeah, there's a good chance that you like notice uh, increased energy, less lethargy, probably less diarrhea if you're eating less dairy. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why you shit out every time you eat cheese because we're not supposed to eat it. We're not supposed to is eat that dairy. What it is? Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's like the avocados all over again. But uh, mozzarella is fine, right? Yes, because it comes from the vegan mozzarella plant. I said it your way. It's actually mozzarella. Mozzarella. No, it's mozzarella. Mozzarella. It's mozzarella. Mozzarella. It's uh, ricotta. Rigotte. No, it's calamari. Galamad. I'll only give you gabagool. Gabagool. Yeah. I don't even know how to say the real way. I think Is it's capricole. I don't know. Capricole. That's how it's spelled, right? <laughs> Capricoli. That's, I think that's a sign. That's an astrological sign. Mm. I'm a gabagool. All right. Uh, also, uh, by the way, Ed O sent us a personal email. And I, uh, before we move on to a, a great remark from uh, Jeff in Texas, Ed sent us a personal email. And uh, Ed, I just want to tip my cap to you and uh, say thank you for the heads up. Appreciate that. Um, okay. That's really a one to one, right? Yeah. There. Was, That's just like he wanted to waste our I time with you. that one. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> I know. I'm teasing. Um, so Jeff in Texas is responding to your challenge to change his to sorry. Christ. Jeff in Texas responded to Why do you have to bring Christ into this? Because we might have just won those everywhere. guys. We might have won Pastor Tim back over. You're right. After and, I talked about you shitting go. from cheese, Pastor Tim. No, Pastor Tim, he's probably still here. He had no problem with the cursing. It's Maybe. it's Jim. He did James. tell me to shut the fuck up though. Yeah, so he has no problem with cursing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He said shut the fuck up and he was he was doing it in the style of unfucking the Republic. Yeah, he was. You know, we gotta respect it. Okay. Jeff in Texas responded to Max's challenge. Can I just interject one more time? I'm sorry. What? The funniest thing was the very close of show notes. And I don't know why, but I, after we had cut my long diatribe about religion, and we sort of like have this awkward like segue into the close of the show. And I was still like kind of riffing and in, in the moment and I was like smirking and, and whatever. And I, and I winked. And so the last moment of the show is you going, stop winking. <laughs> it was creepy. Just, it, it was just so fucking funny because, you know, when you sit and you edit it and you stare at it a few times. So I just like like four or five times I'm going over this section where you're like, stop winking. It's <laughs> just so fucking funny. Anyway, sorry. Go on. I'm glad it brought you joy. Yeah. So Jeff in Texas is the only person to respond, by the way, yes. to my challenge. He's trying to change Max's mind on not liking term limits, correct? Yes. Okay. Hi, Max. You're against term limits? Really? I get it. Institutional knowledge is good. That's how things get done in our archaic system of senile, mostly white senators and representatives. And some of those fossils are on the good side. Sanders, Warren, Wyden, etc. Then there's the intu institutionalists. Um, then there's the institutionalists on the Republican side that are keeping an even hand on the rudder and preventing our government from being overrun by Trumpers. But the problem is it cuts both ways. As the dinosaurs die out, they're being replaced by younger fanatics, Ernst, Cruz, Blackburn, J.D. fucking Vance, they will become the institution. At the same time, Feinstein is rotting away in a Senate seat that should go to someone like Maxine Waters. There's no shortage of good progressive candidates who will never get a chance to hold office because of the incumbent advantage. Term limits would bring in diversity and our government might get less cis, hat, male, and white. Finally, I think the best argument for term limits is what happened in Georgia. Democrats picked up two seats because one incumbent chose not to run for re-election in the Senate and the other passed away. That kind of thing could happen a lot more with term limits. Also, I'd love to hear what Manny and 99 have to say. Keep fighting the good fight. Okay, so uh, I do want to respond very briefly to this 
Um, but let's clear the deck. And uh, Manny, interject at any time on your feelings about that. In 99, do you have any particular feelings on term limits? Um, I, I, I fuck with what Jeff is saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's a lot of, like, contingencies and nuances that I'm not considering. I don't feel like I'm... I have expertise to comment in a meaningful way. So I, I, I like what he's saying. I like what they're saying. Excuse me. But um, I don't I don't know if there's more to it. All right, Manny, anytime. Because I have the advantage of knowing what you are about to say. I was going to just say all the things you were about to say and then act like you took the ideas from me. But I'm lazy, so I'm not going to do that. But I just want everyone to imagine how funny it would be if I had. I guess I'll plug back in just to close this out. Jeff, I did lay down a conditional argument against term limits. So my, the, I, my feeling about term limits is this. It is the wrong solution to a systemic problem that we have. So the conditions that I laid out, remember, were if we had something like ranked choice voting, no gerrymandering, money out of politics with campaign finance reform and shorter election cycles so that you didn't start running for election nine years before. Those are huge preconditions to make the argument against term limits. Because then in theory, you have a situation where the best candidate can can uh, make it through the barrier. And because we have first past the post, Incumbency really does mean something. Between money and first past the post, it really means something. So I would love to see these other type of reforms. So so a counter argument to that, if we are to have our own dialectic, would be how realistic is it to get money out of politics? How realistic is it to have ranked choice voting? How realistic is it to get rid of gerrymandering? And I get it. Those are huge, huge lifts and asks. But if you implement term limits now, I don't see you overcoming the problem that the others contribute to. So you could actually wind up unseating a Wyden, a Sanders, a Warren, or some of the people that we love, especially in the Progressive Caucus, if they get termed out. So imagine somebody like Barbara Lee, termed out, right? Imagine Maxine Waters, termed out. Who's gonna enter behind them? It would be the establishment class with all the money overtaking the progressive candidates that have already won that seat, possibly. So, like I said, I don't, I don't, dislike it. I just think it's the wrong solution. And that there are better ways to achieve a positive outcome to get better people in the seats. So that's why I'm against term limits as a whole. The one exception that I'll give to that, though, is the SCOTUS. I do believe that lifetime appointments to the federal judiciary is is super problematic. So understatement. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd love to see Love to see something change there. Like, so. there's no job on earth that you should just be able to have forever. Except ours. Sure. But we're not elected officials. That's I should too. rephrase that. <laughs> there's, the, But also regular jobs. Like, you know, CEOs come and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucked up. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Let's get to Modi, a.k.a. Recycled Grandma. Hi, Max. Most of this increases my despair for our country and our world. It's interesting. As the clock moves ever closer to destruction, we hear less about it. The only thing I feel capable of offering suggestions is your lawn. Number one, it's a waste of water. Chemicals from fertilizers poison our water. They replace habitats for pollinators and other cool things. They hide ticks. So if you don't want to plant gardens or plant succulents, leave the grass about four inches long. Crabgrass needs to spread out. If the lawn is longer, it doesn't take over. I'm assured that all parts of dandelions are edible. Truth. Let neighborhood kids play on your lawn. Not a chance. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Use that as an excuse for its appearance. We did this, worked out well, and the kids had a great time here. It's nicer to watch the kids interact than watch the grass grow. Also, by the way, here in where we live, it's children don't go outside. <laughs> the kids on bikes won't taunt you. It's just those fucking kids. Yeah. Max, we need your mind. Don't waste it trying to live up to a worthless standard. Big estates had large swaths of grass for their flocks. Then lawns became places to entertain. There's nothing inherently good about green, straight, uniform plants mown within an inch or two of their lives. There's nothing wrong with meadows, gardens, and ball fields. Instead, read another book or talk with your kids before they grow up and move away and someday put you in a nursing home. <laughs> that was a threat. <laughs> I love it. Well, you can plant, uh, I believe you can plant clover as your lawn too. 
and it's all nice and spongy and pretty. Wait, you can plant clover? Because I have so much clover naturally. I get to the point where I'm just like, is if it's if it's green, and I do uh, let it grow uh, long, by the way, recycle grandma, because it everything is healthier when it's a little bit longer, uh, including my hair. Okay. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I hear you. And I love this sentiment and I think it was beautiful and I appreciate you. I was talking to my sister and her roommate like last week because uh, they have a really nice garden at their house. And we were talking about, my mom was like, these are weeds. And her roommate was like, actually, weeds are just completely arbitrary because we decided it's like plant eugenics. That's what I said, obviously. my <laughs> I had to take it to eugenics. Yeah, but it's like, we just said like, dandelions are bad, get them out. And this weed, this is a weed, but they're just plants. As long as they're not invasive, you know, which is a different story depending on your, your climate and where you live and everything. And, you know, when people like smuggle seeds in and all that weird shit, but let the weeds grow. Dandelions are cute. I have no chemicals on my lawn, none. I wasn't accusing you. I was going somewhere. Sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Um, and um, I have in the past, not in the last couple of years, but I have in the past taken out all of my dandelions, uh, the roots specifically, because they pull up really nice when when the in the beginning of the season when everything's a little moist. And I have uh, crushed them and distilled them and uh, turned them into broth and um, actually taken it for digestive purposes. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yep. Proud of you. Dandelions are great. You should snort the puffy ones and let a dandelion grow in your nose. Hmm. I did not see that in Recycled Grandma's list of things to do. I made it up. Okay. All right. People invent new things every day. I have to make sure to put that in the subject line. Snorting dandelions. I love that. It's a good band name. Or like an album, like a sophomore album. Right. Right. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Wouldn't my, go gold, but I th- I've told you before. I th- my daughter, when she was my eldest, when she was really young, uh, wanted to call herself Daisy Eleven, and I was like, "That is just the best band name." Why Eleven? So I could see, I don't know, Daisy Eleven snorting dandelions. It was before it's a great title before Stranger Things. I'm assuming. Well, before Stranger Things. Okay, yeah. just just to yep. clear that up for people, because yep. I don't know technically how old she is. I wanted so, my name to be Moonflower. Oh. I'm surprised your name is Moonflower. <laughs> no, You're thankfully my parents. my parents are a little more grounded. I like Moonflower. Still? Yeah. Mm. But I've seen some actual kids named it. What would I call you? Just Moon? Moonflower. Or I'd have to would would you insist? Would you be one of those people who's like, it's Moonflower? Well, because Moon's not cool. If I wanted it to be Moon, it would be Moon. And then you'd call moonflower. me MF and I'd be like, so that mother means motherfucker. Mother. Yeah. So maybe mm. Mo Flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You asked. I'm going to start calling you that anyway. MoFlo. MoFlo. It sounds like a new so name Mo-Flo? for Aunt Flo. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got my MoFlo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fine. Periods are natural and beautiful. They are. I'm, um, we're, we're almost back to synchronization at my house now that everybody's back under one roof. Sometimes I'm synced with my sister. It's a wild week. I'm and we're just far away. That. It's a wild week. No, that's because you just you just don't understand. No, no, no. Actually, actually, it's a wild. You're gonna mansplain periods to me. No, no, no. It's a wild week. There's no actually. There's no. You just don't understand. Yeah, you don't. It's a fucking wild week. That's it. Just thinking about this. No judgment. I'm not saying anything about it. I'm not trying to mansplain periods. I'm telling you, it's a wild week. I'm just saying you have no idea what it's like to have to come to work when someone feels like someone's grabbing your insides. Twisting them, stabbing them, squeezing them. That's a wild week. Yeah. So I'm saying they're allowed to be wild. I, I didn't say they could be. I know. Be. This is the implication. There's I'm, no implication. It's simply a statement of fact and an observation. I know, but... It is part of my material dialectic where I observe okay, this thing and say, this, this what's happening right now, this is a wild week. I wish for one day you could you could understand. I don't want to. I I, I, want I can't all understand. Men to and have I don't to. want to understand. It's I I I'm amazed. It hurts. Yes, it does. I understand that. I see it's, that. It hurts more than getting kicked in the balls. Just letting people know. How would you know? Because I can just tell. Now you're now you're flipping it. Well, now because you're just if someone assuming what it's like to be kicked. If in someone the balls, kicked me in the vagina, it not would the hurt. same thing. It would hurt a lot. 
I don't and, think. And let's say balls. I, are, I agree. But. Let's say like balls hurt twenty five percent more than being kicked in the vagina. Okay. I can guarantee that having really bad cramps hurts like two hundred and twenty five percent more oh. than that. So okay. it's it's a simple equation. Okay. Because men will be like, oh, the, about the, I try being kicked in the ball. And it's like, go fuck yourself. I don't know what man says that, trying to equate the two. Well, because plenty that's really of men. stupid. Because maybe you get kicked in the balls a couple times in your life. Anybody that doesn't just acquiesce to the to the fact that that is a brutal process that some, may, many women go through. Many people. Not, not just women. Menstruation? Yes. There people? Are- Yes, because there Not are just women. Well, there are people who menstruate who don't identify as women. Fair. So, people that go through the the, the menstruation process, it's it's it can be brutal, absolutely brutal. Yes. Yeah. And when they're all synchronized and living under same the same roof, I can tell you this: it's wild. I know. I'm. You can, but you have to recognize the hackness of being like women be PMSing. You know. So. I don't know what point you're driving at. I agree with everything you're I'm saying. I'm not driving a point. I'm just trying to clear the air on this. You, there's nothing to clear. I'm not stereotype. confused. I'm not. I'm not confused by anything here. <sighs> Why can't you just acknowledge that when there's multiple people who have periods under one roof and they all synchronize? It's a wild week. Well, because not everybody's PMSing is the same. Not everybody does PMS. Not a, not all people who are women or don't identify as women, but might be assigned female at birth, have a period. So there's just a lot of contingencies. You're right. It's not a wild All week. I'm saying is no, that there's no, a lot of stereotypes around women not and their menstrual cycles. I'm just talking about my, my experience in my home, but I take it all back. You're right. I'm wrong. You're a baby. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you guys fucking see this? This is my boss. Mm-hmm. And this is the way he talks to me. You're right and I'm wrong. Me. I get moonflower splained on a daily basis, but I'm the problem. Am I correct? About what? Anything. Am I usually correct? Almost about everything. Exactly. Yeah. So just get used to it. Yeah. It's fine. Especially definitely about periods. No doubt. Never had one. Wouldn't know. No business even talking about it. You can talk. take the word out of my mouth. Can, I'm not even going to end sentences with them anymore. You can talk about it. I'm just going to come up with a new word. You just have to, to recognize not playing into the, the the stereotype. It's not my place to even mention that I live with the, with people who have them. Well, you can. You're you live with women. You're allowed to say women. If okay. they are women, you can call them women. They identify as women. That is okay. And they have their periods, and it's none of my business. I'm not even. In, I'm not even part of the house. Fucking baby. Chris J. from Utah said what, 99? John Iadorola? Who's this? I don't know. Well, they put into words what I heard you trying to say about anti-LGBTQIA behavior. It's a distraction because most of the people at the top conservative positions, uh, most of the people at the top conservative positions don't actually believe trans people or drag queens are dangerous. Many have done drag themselves. Isn't it like a shocking number of conservative people? Like... Every day I'm more and more surprised at all of these conservative people. And it's not just like, oh, they dressed up like, you know, in camp, we'd have like everyone, you know, wear the boys clothes and we'd switch clothes and it'd be silly. Like, it's like legitimate drag. And I don't think I know any men in my casual life that, you know, maybe some of my friends who are queer who have like, you know, done it for like drag parties and whatever. But like most people I know have not done drag and it's just wild it's that like all that, of these uh, people have come out. Republican or, politician, I think he's like state senator who passed the anti-gay legislation and was caught climbing out of the window out of a 94 person gay orgy. <laughs> it's like, dude, I just like, why does this keep happening? It, they're trying to hide in plain sight, I guess, but I guess they, you know, there is a, I, I'm tangenting, but there's a stereo, not a stereotype, what should I call it? Um, like the, tro- the trope in movies, let's say about the bully, the guy who bullies the gay kid right. being he's homophobic because he's gay himself. It's actually like inherently harmful to queer the queer community. And, and you know, Is that the American beauty. Uh, I know. I think he just fucks his daughter's friend in that. No, that father, uh, the angry father of the of the the boy lead. Oh, I don't remember that. Winds up being a repressed homosexual. Maybe. Repressed homosexual urges and that I think comes on to Kevin Spacey in the movie, something like that. I don't know. know. But also, we don't really... it's all the time. We wouldn't use repressed homosexual urges today. What would we say? Um, They were gay. (laughs) 
because we a the, the word homosexual isn't really used because it's. I mean, I can't speak. But wouldn't, for, it, wouldn't he be repressing gay urges then? Or it's not urge like your sexuality isn't an urge. Right. You would just okay. say like. Repre- repressing his natural or he's just in the or closet or he's not out yet or whatever yeah but yeah that's like an inherently harmful trope because it's painting the people who are doing violence against queer and gay people as queer and gay people whether when it's not like the gay bashings that happen usually aren't by other queer people so it's kind of a harmful trope so it's like we i feel like we sort of are seeing it play out though in the conservative and Republican wing of our country of like these men who are closeted, like hating themselves. So it's hard to, Mm -hmm. I don't want to put them into that stereotype box because also some of these people are just fucking bigots, like period. But it's just, I don't know. So many of them have done drag. Literally the video on the internet of Rudy Giuliani and drag where Trump's motorboating him. Like, you know, (laughs) it's just, and that was funny. That's different. That's comedy. Yeah, it was funny then. Right. And him going, oh, you're such a naughty boy. Yeah, that's comedy. Mm-hmm, broody. John Iadarola, by the way, is the host of The Damage Report. He's part of the TUIT network. And mm. I didn't know his last name was Iadarola. So there you okay. go. Okay. Okay, where did I tangent? Um, most people at the top don't believe trans people or drag queens are dangerous. Many have done drag themselves at one point or another. They do it to take the focus off places we can make progress. They specifically attack LGBTQIA because they know this group knows how to fight and left to their own devices, they would be pushing reforms on budget, actually protecting kids from gun violence. The real problem is this distraction has a cost, so it can't be ignored. It needs us to activate to prevent trans death in the streets, which is really true. Um, I do. I think part of the what got cut out from from last show notes, the tangent we had about religion we were rushing to to finish because the camera was dying and you read an email and said like, yes, we're very overdue for like an LGBTQ rights episode. And it was like, not flippant, but it was very like brief. And I wanted to clarify that at the time, but again, we were tight on time. So it's like, we, we do need to do updates. Like we need to talk about this mm-hmm. as with our platform. Um, you know, the platform we have, whatever that guy's name it's was. really, really small. Part, yeah, yeah. Dying our, yeah, exactly. We're shooting ourselves in the feet. Uh, But yeah, so I do want to put that on the table and I wanted to recognize that it wasn't just like a, yep, thanks, guy, we got it. We are taking it all to heart and like to do as much as we can. So Indeed. Um, Just moving quickly over to, we have one comment on social to surface here. It's uh, Dialectics MC, who's uh, communicated before, is strictly on social, I think. I was not familiar with this person's handle. Oh, no? No. Um, but maybe they have. I can't I can't remember everything. See, I forget things. Half a millionaire will get us the same results as millionaires. The capitalist state apparatus is going full fascist. Sorry, you can't change the Democratic Party from the inside. And time's running out for the planet to play these petty bourgeoisie utopian games. But wrong person, too. So talking about Dr. West running, um, basically throwing the hands up and saying, like, can't change from the inside. This is not the right way to approach it, but also citing on the fact that this is the wrong person. Don't know. And I, I assume the half a millionaire gets us the same result as the millionaire is striking at what Dialectics MC believes Cornell West to be. I'm not sure. I would uh, believe that Cornell's West, West worth net worth would be half a million after he's written so many books. Yeah. And, and I don't, I, I don't know if he's criticizing him for being a capitalist I, I guess Front, I, I took know? it more as like he's even if he's not a capitalist, he maybe he doesn't view him as one of the people. Yeah. Which that's Which, your. Yeah, absolutely. Your belief. Either way, I, I have no no comment on it. Well, I mean, and he's gone to um, he's gone to war with with so many people. He does it with love. But I mean, there's a number of people that, you know, j- just because you're a black person doesn't mean you automatically align with Cornel West. Just like it doesn't mean you automatically align with Thomas Sowell. So. You know, we never want to paint anybody as as a monolith. This is interesting, though. That who? What did? Why did? Why did you bring that up? Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. So I was just wondering where you're going there because there was no indication that this was a black listener. Cornell West is is very controversial. Most people outside of the black community or super, you know, progressive circles don't really know who Cornell West. And we're is. generalizing, of course. Yes, just with. To- they just outside of progressive circles and outside of uh, 
He's well-known throughout academia, well-known in progressive circles, and very well-known within the black community. And within the black community, that's where you find the most difficulty, that where he, where he encounters the most difficulty. So he has a, a number of allies, but he routinely goes after Sharpton, and be very critical of Al Sharpton. He has gone after other establishment figures in the past. And I, so I, whenever I hear criticism of him that he's the wrong person, it's very rare to hear that. And I am generalizing here and I want to tease out more uh, dialectics and see what you're, what you're driving at here. Is it that you consider him a pawn of the capitalist state? Is it that you consider him a traitor to the black movement? Because you, I find, I've found those criti- I found the latter criticism. I've never heard the former. So that's kind of where I'm trying to drive at is, gotcha. is understanding the, the root of that because the capitalist critique doesn't make a lot of sense to me unless there's something that I'm really missing. Well, I did see him at that brunch once. Remember? Which one? I Well, I went to a brunch at a very fancy hotel oh, in New York. Mm. And that is uh, that my aunt always makes us go there for whatever fucking reason. And it's a very, it's like too expensive. It's ridiculous. And my sister was like, that guy looks familiar. And I was like, yeah, and, and I, I don't think we were doing the show yet, so I wasn't as, like, attuned to it, and I realized. Well, listen, if Chomsky can dine with the Epsteins. Oh, know. you're saying that Cornell can <laughs> dine with the the blanks, my last name? Mm, with the 99s? Was this a, was this a Jewish thing? Are you trying to make some sort of simile? No, certainly not. Dining with Epstein is as to <laughs> brunching nope. with blanks. Nope, I'm in enough trouble. Blanks, today. blanks. Blank, 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 blank. I'm not talking about religion. Not certainly not talking about the cultural or religious aspects of Judaism. Sounds like you were. I'm not talking about periods. I think I heard you say something about diaspora and fuck the Jews. What? (laughs) I heard that. No. Diaspora, diaspora. Is it? Do I have to say it one way? I say diaspora. Diaspora. Which means it's probably diaspora. I have no idea. I was asking you. No, I say diaspora, which means probably. You say diaspora. I I say say diaspora. Okay, it's All right, hot let's in here get over again. To, it's blistering again. So they uh, fixed the air conditioning for a day. I know there was a guy. He was standing at the the switch for forty five minutes. Yep, they fixed th- it. That are day, we and sure? Then it again. Has someone tried it today though? My theory is that it's fixed, and Mister over there doesn't know that it's fixed, mm. so didn't put on the cool air. He came in last though. Yeah, but I'm usually me and him are usually the only one who touches the thermostat. Oh, me too. You do? I do. Do you make it cooler or hotter? I try to make it cooler. Sometimes it's fucking, I'm not exaggerating, 79 degrees in here. Yep, like a sauna. And then everyone else is sitting there fine, and I'm like, why is no one else sweating here? No, we're sweating. It's just broken. No, I'm talking about other times. Oh, and it's not broken. Yes, oh. and there, there are plenty of times when it wasn't broken that it You're just probably is. probably hot flashes from your period. Mm-hmm, Yeah. See what I did. There. Women run. Actually, women run colder than men. So oh, here we go. Yes, because no, you're that's lizards. science. Is that what it is? No, I don't. You're lizard I don't, people. I don't know if there's. I know what, somebody that can look into that. Are you a lizard person? I am Jewish, oh, so I am part of the. What's? Have you seen the meme that's like, "What's the Build a Bear group"? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's what I'm part of. The Build a Bear group. Let's go over to YouTube quickly. We're going to roll through these so we can get out of here today. Why don't you read them? Kathleen D. So do I understand correctly that Bernie is a socialist Democrat and not a democratic socialist? Uh, You do understand that correctly. A social Democrat, uh, to be exact, and not a democratic socialist. And uh, he would certainly uh, not fit into that mold if he was in Europe. But yes, but he is the titular head of the democratic socialist movement in the United States, which is exactly the opposite of, of what it is. ENS said, thanks for the link to Trotsky article, Max. I've never been exposed to his politics before. I would agree he's fascinating. Seems to be a prescient guy. More work required and looking forward to him appearing in one of your episodes. Really briefly on that, Ian, it's fascinating. You know, I'm I'm digging further and further into, I really enjoy articles on the World Socialist website, the WSWS. And at the same time, understanding that I believe the founder of it or the head of the organization that runs it is a, a Trotskyite. Trotsky is problematic to, to like a severe extent. And you don't really get a lot of that on the WSWS, I think, because they are uh, so in the tank for Trotsky. So they are definitely Trotskyites. I think he was the smartest of them, certainly of the the core that came out. And we'll talk about the Russian Revolution. 
Trotsky was prescient, probably understood Marxism at a much deeper level and disagreed certainly with Stalin, but also disagreed with Lenin as to the path forward for socialism and was proven to be pretty much right on all those counts. His split with Stalin has been um, not... There's a little bit of of, um, whitewashing that's gone through about that, you know, with uh, Trotsky guys kind of getting a hold of the legacy. He was a very violent person or he authorized and sponsored tremendous violence as well. And that sort of gets eliminated from uh, from a lot of the the text that I've seen on him. But just from a pure uh, revolutionary mindset, he was I I find him to be maybe the most studied of of all of them that came out of the Russian Revolution. Anyway, um, but you're welcome because it is worth reading his words. And he does play a seminal role in 1917 and before that. U.S. said, brother, if you don't give the amazing Katie Porter a shout out sometime, I don't know. You're a brilliant person, which makes me think I'm missing something. I would vote for her representative, senator, governor, or president. Where are you at, Max? Katie Porter, bro. I, I love me Katie Porter. I, I love me some Katie Porter. Maybe we talked about her all the time. Maybe they only watch YouTube. Yeah, I mean, maybe you haven't caught up with that. We actually even have a, and I responded to you on YouTube about a rap that we produced that even has uh, Katie Porter as uh, one of the central characters in it. Uh, it's a terrible rap performed by a fake AOC, um, but it was fun to do at the time. Ayanna Presley, Jaya Paul, Corey Bush, and Jamie Raskin, Roe Connor, Barbara Lee, Katie Porter, kick your ass. We got the numbers to send a message. Your time is up with the progressives. Yeah. Anywho, the argument Anywho. that I made. Anywho. The argument that I made that you might have heard was that I'm, I'm more interested in seeing the ascendance of Barbara Lee as the Senate candidate in California than a Katie Porter, but having her and Katie Porter in the hunt is kind of an embarrassment of riches. So uh, love Katie Porter. She is doing uh, God's work in uh, calling, I mean, calling power out at every turn. Her watch, just watching the way that she conducts hearings is magic. Specker, when guessing which car we drive, guessed only for me saying a Model Y Tesla and Absolutely not. Hmm. Um, nobody guessed that you drive a Ferrari 99 and nobody else even bothered to guess what either one of us drive other than the Specker. So there you go. Yeah. Still not going to reveal it. Jeff said, Max, the ad before the bid. Oh, this is great. Max, the ad before the video was for Rumble. <laughs> Somebody else had written in before that they got a truth social ad. So obviously uh, anything that involves politics on YouTube, you've got Rumble and Truth Social buying up every all the uh, advertising. I suppose I could go in and chase, change the settings to block them from advertising. So I have to look into that. Uh, but Jeff does say that you're therefore doing you something can. correct. You can, you can specify uh, certain uh, domains. Okay. Um, so I get, you can probably do that. Um, I, I think I would spend years just putting in all the domains with the people that I don't want uh, yeah. advertising. So um, anyway, Jeff also said, you convinced me to travel back in time, be born ahead of time and vote for Jesse Jackson. And now I feel the same for Dr. West, but I hope he finds a way into the modern coalition of sorts with enough support for the general. Michael B. closes us out on YouTube saying, in addition to a manifesto level comment on the Cornell West video, Michael Bartlett also puts this one out there. I like a Cornell West Jill Stein ticket for 2024. My contribution back to Michael on YouTube was that I am all in for a Jayapal Raskin ticket. That's just my opinion. And with that, why don't you close us out with uh, coffee donations and a review? Yes. So we had a donation from W. Jeremy D who said, Dr. West, I've always been a terrible proofreader. I don't understand what this is in reference to. I'm not sure, but uh, Jeremy, you got to explain it to us. Yeah. Um, but thank you for the money. Of course. Um, and then, see, this one I wasn't sure. Ike Brian, I think, right? Would you say? Ike, Ikea? Ike, You're asking me? I, maybe it's like Ike I Brian, like that iPhone. Mm. I don't know. But it's Ike I Brian's favorite podcast. <laughs> The information mixed with the entertainment makes it the best one out there. Thanks for all the work you folks do. Please tell that to James C. <laughs> all good stuff. 99, thank you. You're welcome. And um, socialism a, this week. I should get a tampon stipend. Okay. If we really want to make, if we really want to be a socialist country, yep. I should get a tampon stipend. Okay. 
Isn't it ridiculous I have to pay for them? Yes. Or any other menstrual product? Yes. Thank you. Now have them in a corner now. Socialism is this weekend. Not sure what happens after that because it'll be two weeks before the next one. In the meantime, see you all later. Don't have a cow. What? What am I supposed to do? I usually say bye. I was saying don't have a cow. That was my sign off. Okay. Isn't that from The Simpsons? Doesn't Bart say that? He does. I just like it because of cows. Here we go. Bye.